Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. So we've been interviewing guests from around the world, and we have the pleasure of interviewing Matt Gibson. He was a digital nomad before the term was even coined, and he was also a travel blogger when it was just starting as well. So we have a real pleasure to interview a real veteran in the industry and a real thought leader. Uh, he's also the president and president of the Professional Travel Bloggers Association, and he's the founder of Expat Matt. And he does uh, some social media marketing, a digital agency, photography, and much, 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 much more. So uh, we'll be finding out a little bit of his background uh, from British Columbia, the same province as myself, uh, to traveling around the world. Uh, now he's settled in Thailand. Uh, and uh, we'll be finding about, especially about the professional association, because I know a lot of our listeners and um, uh, viewers they are either uh, wannabe or aspiring travel bloggers or the new or even established travel bloggers. So it's definitely a good way to get into the digital nomad space. It's not the easiest way to make money on it, but definitely a good way to get into it and uh, get your brand out there, uh, as I've done with, obviously, my uh, daddy blogger brand. So, uh, Matt, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself to start off with. I know you're uh, from British Columbia, but not from Vancouver, from a small, remote town right near the Rocky Mountains and near the Alberta border. So tell us a little about your background uh, as a small town boy and now uh, uh, traveling around the world. Sure. I, uh, well, actually, it was Vancouver that made me leave Canada because I went to UVic. I did a degree there. I studied uh, professional writing and sociology. Moved to Vancouver, and like as you know, it's you know it's a very competitive job market in Vancouver. I was fresh out of university with no experience, and I had loans to pay off. And like making a go of it in Vancouver was just—it's hard, super competitive. Uh, and around that time, that was uh, two thousand and four-ish, or two thousand no, no, more like two thousand three. Uh, yeah, around that time, uh, I heard about teaching English abroad in Taiwan. And there's a few people doing it. Strangely, there was just like a lot of people from UVic and UBC went to Taiwan. Uh, I went over there because one guy I knew, I found out that there was like, there was a very small community of people there doing it. But of them, there was this huge proportion that came from UBC and UVic. So it was a really comfortable place to land. Uh, I did that for a few years. And I wanted to pursue writing though, which kind of just made sense that I would start in travel writing. I never, uh, it was never my particular thing that I wanted to do, but it made sense because I was there. And that quickly led into meeting some of the early travel bloggers like Gary Art and uh, Laura Dunn. Uh, yeah, and a few of them and interviewing them for one publication I was writing for. And so I started the travel blog too. They seemed to be doing okay. Uh, I needed a place for my writing portfolio. And that was kind of how I started travel blogging. That was 2008-ish, yeah. And uh, yeah, from there, I just kind of stuck with it. And the community grew. There wasn't very many back then. There's like so many now. And uh, just kind of stuck with it. And the community grew. The PTBA started. And so last uh, two years ago, I was elected president of that. And from that, you know, I started speaking at conferences about travel blogging, getting invited to do that sort of thing. And there was a lot of people out there in the industry who were really looking for more information about how to work with bloggers and how to use this for their business. And there's a lot of travel bloggers out there 
blogging, but very few of them really interacting a lot with business in that way. And there was, I saw like a good gap in the market. And so I started my digital marketing business, which is called Uplink. And so now I run that. That's most of my time. I still blog at uh, expatmat.com. Um, like, I don't blog a lot, but when I do, I try to just do a really good job. I call that the oatmeal strategy, like when the oatmeal first came out. Never knew when the guy was going to post something, but when he did, it was really awesome. Uh, yeah, and I, I keep that up, and then the rest of my time is taken up with the PTBA. Like those three jobs are like a ton to do on the road. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. We'll, and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely we'll cover definitely the cover digital, the side, digital of things. side of things. I'm interested in your travel journey. You mentioned a few places you've been, but tell us a little bit about your journeys around the world. Sure. I mean, I'm not as well traveled as a lot of travel bloggers. I uh, I spent I've spent quite a lot of time exploring Asia. Asia is kind of the place where I've, I'd like to be. So from Taiwan, I've dove into the Philippines a lot. And I really like it. I've written some guides there for magazines. And the Philippines in itself, like I can go back there endlessly because there's yeah. there's like thousands and thousands of islands, and each one has yeah. really developed a unique culture. Uh, I really liked spending time in Saba uh, in Borneo. Um, and so, I, yeah, I've done a lot of the Southeast Asian. I miss a lot of the normal stuff on the Southeast Asian route. Like, I haven't been to Laos. I don't really travel around Thailand. I live here because it's a good place to be based for business because of the industry around and just how central it is for flights. Um, and I moved to Central America for a year. So I took a break from Asia. I went to Guatemala to study Spanish uh, and booted around there for a while and saw Mexico. Those are the main places I've traveled. I've been around like uh, Western Europe a little bit, North Africa. Right now, I'm still, I think, exploring the parts of Asia I want to go to. I really want to go see Western China, Mongolia. I'm going to go to Kyrgyzstan this fall. So I'm not, I'm not like a crazy fast traveler. I'm not a country counter for sure. Running these businesses means the time that I can spend like on the road is or exploring places is limited. You know, I'm working a good 40, 50 hour week for sure. So I like to take my business to these places, but I, I'm in no rush. I'm totally not uh, trying to get around too fast. And uh, as you can tell, every digital nomad is different. Some people are country counters. They want to see as many countries, as many cities, as many continents, as quick as possible. Some people like hopping around and working in different places. And some people are more stable, uh, living in a place like Thailand, and, uh, and then exploring that region uh, at a much more concentrated, in-depth area. area. And, uh, and obviously, some people are working the four-hour work week. And not many of them. Most uh, Tim Ferriss type of uh, people are working a lot more than four hours. Uh, and then there's people like Matt who, who are, who are uh, working uh, much more. But they're loving it. Uh, so uh, it just shows you that uh, there are different types of nomads and different types of um, uh, nomadic jobs. Uh, Actually, so, uh, Matt. One thing you mentioned right at the start before we, were, before we came on the air. You'd mentioned commonalities among all the digital nomads, even though they have really different jobs. One thing that I did exactly. notice when we started this lifestyle was that it went like a whole bunch of us, because it was a new thing. We were sort of the first people who were doing the travel and working thing around. Um, 
and there was a small community of us, and we talked a lot. Uh, Pre-Facebook, we were just emailing a ton. Like, the first travel bloggers I knew were just email relationships because there was no Facebook yet. And then moved to Facebook, and we would talk a lot. So we went through these phases of being, like, excited. Like, this was really cool. We were making money, and we could travel. And then we kind of got in, we sort of like communally, you just see it happen to everyone. We got into this space where we started to feel like, uh, I'm a bit, I spend a lot of time by myself and I don't really have any close connections because I travel a lot and I'm starting to feel like sort of weird and, and socially awkward. And that would sort of move into a phase of loneliness, which would give way to a phase of, and burnout. Like burnout was sort of a constant background thing because you work so much. And then it gave way to a phase of people being like, okay, I'm slowing down. I'm spending more time in each place so I can work without killing myself and not be just like driving myself insane and sort of get a little bit more roots and stability. And then after about five years, this whole cycle took about five years, around the five-year mark, everybody just started getting houses, setting down routes, and then just, just traveling from home. Um, and like you saw Nomadic Matt do it, and mm -hmm. Dave backpacking. I did it around, I think a little earlier than most. I, I kind of gave up on that lifestyle earlier. Lauren and Dave from like uh, Never Any Footsteps and Too Many Adapters, they, they got a place. And that's kind of where we are now. That's been about the last two years. Has been most people just Gary aren't even like just just got a house back home, and like everybody loves it, and it's just nice to get have your own place and have your friends <laughs> and have your life, and then go away to travel. Right. Um, yeah. Like that's we've all been liking that a lot. But the travel bloggers get their their travel paid, so those, doing a big jump over to Africa is not a big deal. Somebody else is paying for it. <laughs> no, I'm glad you mentioned some of those names. Those are definitely the big guns, uh, you know, in the in the travel blogging industry. Uh, even someone like Nomadic Matt is no longer as nomadic. He's settled down in a, uh, he has the hostel now. So it's kind of funny uh, and the irony of uh, uh, people desiring the lifestyle. But when you get it, you get, like you said, uh, burnt out, tired, uh, wanting that stability, wanting that community, wanting those solid friendships, not explaining your story over and over. You know, I'm from here. This is where I've been traveling. This is what I do. Next. Oh, this is where I, you know, like it's tiring to share that story over and over and over, right? Well, and if you're alone too, I mean, you, you travel with your family yourself, but, uh, you know, if you don't have that grounding of people who know you really well, hey, you know, you do. I mean, and we all kind of went through phases where we were, weird people because we didn't have anyone who knew us around us a lot to keep us a little bit grounded. And if you're only interacting with strangers all the time on this sort of surface level, um, it's just, it's not a normal way for a person to be. Most people don't do that. And then like you start desiring to have that normality, a little bit of boring, a little bit of routine in your life. Um, I mean, some people don't, some people, it's just great, for them. but most of us end up feeling that. <laughs> yeah, as the famous saying goes, no man is an island. Uh, you know, uh, even though you might live in an island like Bali, you still need that community. And uh, that's why the, there's hotspots around the world for digital nomads. They seem to congregate. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the natural beauty or uh, the fact that there's good Wi-Fi, but for some reason, Bali seems to be a hotspot, Chiang Mai, Medellin, uh, Mexico, etc. So uh, people, uh, digital nomads, seem to crave community just like we all do as humans. It's a innate yeah. human desire.
Yeah, for sure, definitely. So, uh, you know, we have covered a little bit of your travel journey. Uh, I'd love to hear more about the, the digital side of things. Uh, you started a digital agency. Uh, you have Expat Matt. Um, uh, and obviously, you're also president of the Professional Travel uh, Bloggers Association. So maybe we can walk through each of those elements individually. So tell us, firstly, about the blog, a little bit of the story there, Matt. I mean, my blog is, uh, like I said, I started a long time ago. I'm just doing my first audit of it right now, very slowly going through all the old posts and, uh, you know, making it more of a leaner, more uh, just streamlined blog that has more of a purpose, right? Because when you, most people start blogging, it's pretty random and aimless, and I have an idea of what I want the site to be and to do for people and how I want it to make money and how I want uh, users to use the site. Uh, I actually was talking to a blogger today, and uh, we were talking about home pages. And he showed me his new design for this new blog. It's great. It looks really nice. There's all these cards with little descriptions underneath. And he's like, you know, what do you think? And I was like, it looks really nice. It's not what I do anymore. Um, like, that's great, and I think the design looks really nice. But when I do my home page now, and if you look at it, and you start looking at a lot of the people who've been doing it a long time, a homepage is usually a place that's going to have very limited options because you just want people to do one of a few things. Uh, so I'm, I'm, and you want to craft their journey through your site. And generally, you're like, you're doing something that's providing value to them, but it's also pointing them in the direction of you making money, whether that's affiliate links or whether it's selling your product. You look at the homepage of Nomadic Mac, you're going to see about 60% of those links lead to some way he's making money. A very small percentage of what's available on that homepage are going anywhere else. It's either that or signing up for the email list, which is also another way to make money. Uh, you look at Gary Arndt's Everything Everywhere homepage, same sort of a situation. Look at mine, same sort of a situation. So like, and I feel like now I've uh, got it to a place where I know how I'm making money. I'm rarely doing anything with it that's not, even though it's, uh, and I feel like I'm still providing better value than I ever was before. I get what my readers wanted more than ever before. But it's just, it's an adventure travel blog. Only outdoors stuff, no like, hotels or restaurants or anything. It's just stuff you do outdoors, like hiking, skiing, surfing, kiteboarding, all that sort of thing. Um, the PTBA is a volunteer position. Um, and I guess one of the ways my blog monetized that I didn't realize it ever would is that uh, it really built my online profile in a way that I didn't expect. I wanted to be a writer. Photography is a thing that happened along the way, which I actually ended up being more successful with. Um, but it built my online profile as just a person who knew a lot about blogging, mm -hmm. which ended up being really useful because a lot of people wanted to learn about it, whether it was industry or upcoming travel bloggers. And uh, that was a big part of what helped me to end up being elected the president of the PTBA. Um, now that's that's a volunteer position. It's, it doesn't make me any money uh, in any direct way, but that kind of credibility is what enabled me to start up think the digital marketing agency, and for uh, to bring in other people to work on it because they believed that I was actually able to do it. So it's kind of weird that all this my travel blog, in a way, it established me credibly as like 
a person who knew about travel to uh, like consumers and to my readers, but it also created this um, sort of a reputation as knowing about travel blogging, which led to the next thing, which led to my ability to start the agency and have people actually trust that I knew what I was doing. And that was like, it was like a total left turn. It wasn't what I was expecting, but it's kind of where the blog took me. But it all flowed from the travel blog into these other areas of work that I could do online. Sounds good. I mean, uh, the blog was definitely a catalyst, if you want to call it that, to get you uh, the Professional Travel Bloggers Association position and then uh, also start up uh, the digital marketing agency. Um, I'm really curious about the Professional Travel Bloggers Association, which uh, the acronym is the PTBA. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, the origins of that uh, association and uh, the benefits to travel bloggers, because I'm part of it. Uh, but I know there are a lot of travel bloggers who are not, uh, who haven't even heard of it yet, and who haven't joined. Um, so why okay. should they join? Okay, so the PTBA is at it's at travelbloggersassociation.com. It's a nonprofit organization which is dedicated to helping travel bloggers and the travel industry work together by providing education, by providing uh, best practices. By providing networking opportunities, uh, I think that's it. Is that our main selling points? I think those are it. Yeah, I think that's it. I say that a lot. I should know. It. I should have it down by now. He did it this off the top of his head without looking at the notes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's our elevator pitch, right? I mean, I like I wrote it. I should know it, but <laughs> I feel like I missed something. Anyways, that's that's basically what it is. So it's like what NATJA or SATW is for writers. So the way it started, like. The PTBA itself had a bit of a unclear journey from the start. When the PTBA was started, which, by the way, like the, the name is outdated. It should be the Professional Travel Influencers Association. Mm, good, good point. And, that, and we have changed the guidelines to enable influencers of all kinds to join, not necessarily just bloggers. Um, because that's, you know, whether you're using a blog as your platform or it's Instagram, or it's WeChat, which is the big Chinese one, or whatever. Yeah. Like that's still a type of online publishing. So we've, uh, but anyway, so it's was started. Uh, like influence is a new term as well. I mean, digital nomads is a new term in the last five to ten years, and now influencers is the hot buzzword in the travel industry, or not just in the travel industry, but in the yeah. the marketing industry. Because, uh, 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 like for example, with me, DaddyBlogger.com. I consider myself, or other people consider me an influencer in the fatherhood space, right? Uh, writing about strollers and car seats and uh, 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 tech gadgets and cars and a whole bunch of stuff that will influence uh, other dads, other families. And uh, there's influences in, in literally every industry. Uh, and uh, usually they're bloggers, I mean, but like you said, they're uh, Instagrammers, they're uh, video bloggers, YouTubers, um, you yeah. know, different social media marketers. I, th I think right now Instagrammers and YouTubers would probably make more money than travel bloggers if you were to like just compare them. I wouldn't suggest putting mm -hmm. all your in one of those baskets because it's a platform you don't own, so you can't necessarily know how long it's going to last. Uh, one change to an algorithm kind of uh, blows your whole business plan. But those guys, they're like what's popular right now. Um, so the PTBA started. Yeah. I'll keep going. Sorry, sorry for interrupting. Go yeah, on. 
idea was started by Mike Hodgson of Go See Right. The idea was that, and this is still a problem, uh, you have a lot of shady people running around because there's no barrier to entry with this stuff. You can buy followers here, you can buy traffic there, and likes there. And you know, it's hard for industry to gauge what's going on. If you weren't somebody who works in the space full time, it's really hard to spot somebody who's shady. So it was made to be uh, sort of a, a safe space for industry to find bloggers who had been pre-vetted by us to a degree. Mm. Um, and it also provides a search engine for the industry to search bloggers and influencers by their different followings. And at that time when this was built, there was a lot of people trying to build this search engine tool. There was sort of this feeling among people that if you made this search engine, that industry can just tap directly into your analytics without having to email you or talk to you. Uh, it was going to sort of be this be-all, end-all thing that industry would just flock to. It would drive all this work through it. Uh, and like a bunch of people were rushing to be the first ones to build it. Now there's like a dozen or more that I know of. And none of them have actually worked out to be that thing. Um, so the PTBA was originally meant to provide this sort of like beginning bridge between bloggers and industry. As it turned out, that function wasn't as necessary as everyone believed. Like everybody kind of thought that was the thing that we needed, that search engine and this little bit of vetting. So now it's changed direction in the past year. We are starting to do uh, research, white papers on topics that other people don't, you just can't find it anywhere else. Like, uh, we've recently done a survey and we've done an article, we're working on the white paper about how much travel bloggers are uh, charging for different services relative to their followers. Because nobody, people will talk about stuff they do in public, but nobody very rarely shares what they're charging. And it's created this grace, this space where like, Bloggers don't know what they should charge. Industry doesn't know what they should pay. So through this study, we're trying to just create sort of a common basis of understanding for people to be like, okay, I feel confident that this is kind of the range that I should be in and make it easier for them to do business that way. So we're working on a few different papers like that for this year. Uh, we are working on some more vetting stuff for bloggers because we our, our vetting helps, but it hasn't completely solve the problem of industry trusting uh, bloggers. So we're working on some certifications for the future is something we want to do, like a business ethics certification. So that people know that a blogger has either done a certain amount of contracts, you know, and have a certain amount of references on hand, or that they understand business, that business ethics and just how to handle things. And they're not going to be some uh, well, sketchy dude with a blog, basically. <laughs> And providing more of these things that help people, like just greasing the works between bloggers and industry to make it easier for them to work together. Uh, and then we provide networking through our website and on our Facebook group. We bring bloggers to uh, several conferences a year. We partner with the Pacific Asia Travel Association, which is big here in Asia. They put on a half a dozen conferences a year. We bring bloggers out to several of those. We just helped. Uh, the Nepalese Tourism Board and their local PADA chapter, they put on uh, the Himalaya Travel uh, Forum, and they brought 115 uh, bloggers and journalists, mostly bloggers out. Wow. And we're gonna partner with them next year. And we gave them a hand with that this year, it was their first thing. 
Uh, next year, it went really well, so next year we're going to partner with them on it. Uh, we're working on, we throw about every other year our own conference with unique content for bloggers. Um, yeah, and we, we provide speakers to a lot of industry events like ITBs, ITB China, ITB Asia, uh, Arabian Travel Market, places like that. We send out speakers to sort of advocate on behalf of bloggers and educate industry about how they can work with bloggers. Um, so in that sense, we just sort of contribute to the overall uh, education level and uh, perception of bloggers among the industry. And that's $75 uh, a year. Sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's a steal, uh, $75 a year, especially if you get even one press trip or make one good connection, uh, definitely uh, worth it. Uh, I find uh, so one of the biggest uh, benefits of this kind of association is the networking and uh, just uh, uh, connecting with others and learning from them, uh, uh, especially if you're just uh, in the, the early stages of travel blogging, it's definitely an invaluable uh, resources. Um, so Matt, if people are just starting as a travel blogger, because uh, like for me, I do a lot of coaching as well, so I'm coaching people on how to launch their blog, how to market the blog, how to monetize the blog. Um, I've only been doing it for five years, but at least I'm one step ahead of them so I can help them along on their journey. Uh, what tips or advice would you give to someone who's brand new? Because you've seen it. You were uh, at the very early pioneer stages of the travel blogging industry. And you've seen it every, um, you know, from the Gary Arns to the Nomadic Mats to the, the Planet Ds. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the, the common elements that uh, bloggers are successful uh, do well. Well, gosh, yeah, there's a few, I guess. I mean, you definitely got to be ready to just grind it out for several years. Like, you got to be yeah. that kind of person. <laughs> Absolutely. From the start. Otherwise, I mean, and I tell people this, people always ask me about starting a travel blog. Or a blog in general, like, my, like, my first thing is, if you want to start a travel blog just because you want to travel, consider very, very, very seriously all the other options that are out there for making money online because there's a lot of other ones that are easier and faster ways to make money. And if you're not travel blogging because you really like sharing constantly all the time, um, it's not the right thing. If you're just looking for a way to make money and travel, it's not the right thing. Go look at day trading or drop shipping or whatever, like learn to code. All of those are easier ways to make money. So that's like number one. And then if you if you're really serious about starting a blog, um, like you've started like you've started with this, I think like okay. And this is I did this. I started a magazine before I started professional like my writing and blog. Mm -hmm. uh, I uh, I remember talking to Nelly when she started Wild Junket a while ago, and I still see people doing this. You, people start publications and blogs and they're like, okay, I'm just going to make this really rad. People are going to love it. Money will show up. And it's like that's the opposite way to look at it and to make your map from here to, to money. The way to start out is how am I going to make money? And what are the steps to getting people to do the thing I need them to do to make money? So if you're trying to sell your writing and photography, you're going to want to like start your blog with the focus of, I just want to make sure that people end up wanting to buy my writing and photography. If you're selling an ebook, like Nomadic Matt's done really well with the ebooks. He's done an excellent job of like crafting a blog 
that just directs people towards that. It attracts the people who are going to be interested in that, and uh, it does a really good job of letting them know, you know, hey, you came here for this article. This is an ebook that's going to tell you more about that thing. Um, and so just being very, like, you're doing a lot of coaching. Uh, you're going to have a summit, which I assume you're going to charge, like, uh, which you're going to probably charge people to attend. And you're yes. building this body of content is going to attract people who are likely going to, going to want to buy one of those things. Throw in an ebook and you've got the like three income streams, like, you know, that sort of thing. So you got to like figure out where is the money coming from? What's the easiest way to get to the money? Cause if you're not following the easiest way to the money, the easiest way is really hard. If you're not on that path, then you're just <laughs> really doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. So like start with that first. Nobody does. That's the advice nobody takes but it's the really best thing that you can do. Definitely insightful, and I mean, you, you've come from years of experience at it, so it's definitely a good advice to heed. Uh, the quickest way to the cash, and, uh, and travel blogging is uh, sometimes just a platform, um, like in your case, uh, you, you've uh, started this digital marketing agency, and uh, it seems to be a cash cow, if you want to call it that, uh, where most of your revenue is coming from. So tell us, uh, uh, you know, in closing about uh, your digital marketing agency, what services do you offer your clients? Sure. Um, so Upthink is, uh, it's at upthinkisgood.com. Upthink.com is taken, unfortunately, and it's really expensive. Um, Upthink is based sort of on my experience. I've brought in a few partners who have different specialties. So we really focus on a couple things. I mean, we do a lot of work with bloggers. We are, uh, but in that sense, we usually, we're hiring bloggers to work for other people. So a lot of our work is being a bridge between the industry and bloggers. So for the industry side, we, uh, we will help them to first figure out what the best way they could work with travel bloggers is and if that's the right thing for them. Uh, and then we'll do outreach and vetting help them create campaigns. Like uh, we're right now working on a campaign for Kyrgyzstan, um, which was commissioned by USAID who's working over there. And we're gonna be sending 20 bloggers there uh, over the summer and into the fall. Um, so that's one of the things we do. Uh, if people need sponsored posts from travel bloggers, of course, that's a service we provide. Uh, beyond that, we provide also um, social media marketing management and training. Uh, we have a growth hacker who's super good at growing accounts super fast. Uh, so it's an account acceleration service to help uh, people grow their accounts really fast with a good targeted audience. Um, we offer training in all of these areas. Uh, we have Raymond from Man on the Lamb helping us with that. He was a professional trainer in Calgary for TELUS before he started blogging. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so and we offer those to help. And over here in Asia, actually, there's, and there's not as much need for this in North America and Europe, but over here in Asia, there's, uh, they're a few years behind. So it's a really something that they can really use. And then consulting. We have a few clients, uh, and we've had a few clients that have apps and they just come to us and they're like, hey, we want to do this thing with bloggers that is not a, just not a normal way to work with them. How do we do it? And we'll mm -hmm. work with them in one case uh, just to figure out how they could onboard bloggers in China to an affiliate program that they were in. One case it was it has been we're working with a company called Inspiroc, 
to try and figure out a, a way to create a program that will make it attractive for bloggers to install this trip planner that they have that's really, really awesome, to install it as a feature on their blog for their users to use. Um, and so we like started a beta test group of bloggers who have been trying it out, and we're working out how we can turn this into, like we just started with, we're not sure what the end result's gonna be, but we're figuring it out with you. We've got a blog group of bloggers to try it out. We can ask some questions, and, and we're figuring out a solution now about what we want to like get this out all over the internet. So and that part's really fun. The problem solving and doing stuff that nobody's done before is uh, super interesting. And yeah, that's, uh, that's most of the work that we do. Awesome. Uh, you know, I love that idea of uh, bringing bloggers first. <laughs> so I hope I get considered for one of those future trips. I've never been to that area. Are you on my newsletter? Pardon me? Are you, are you on my personal blog or newsletter? Uh, I don't think I am, but I'm going to get myself on there. Yeah, okay. expatmat.com, opportunity-friends. And there's a little post about this newsletter. I started it years ago. It's an old post. And at the bottom of the newsletter is a sign-in, not for my like blog newsletter for no, like readers. But at the bottom of that post, there's a sign-in for bloggers to sign up. For whenever I have opportunities, I send them out to this newsletter first. Like I have sponsored posts to apply for, whatever. I always send them out to that first. So yeah, totally like go sign up for it. It's, uh, that's, that's what it's for. You hear it here first, you know, uh, if you want these kind of opportunities, you got to ask, you know, I asked and uh, you still receive. So that's one way to find out about these opportunities because a lot of uh, people want to get more more press trips. They have no idea where to look. Usually it's from word of mouth or connections you have and you get invited by going to uh, things like uh, TVEX or different uh, ITB, different uh, World Travel Marts, uh, but uh, getting onto different uh, mailing lists uh, where opportunities come about is a great one. So definitely. I highly recommend, uh, I'm going to be doing that after this interview, and I highly recommend you as a listener and watcher get onto Matt's email list as well. So Matt, uh, really grateful and appreciative of your time today in Thailand. Uh, thank you for sharing your insights and your info about uh, travel blogging, about the travel industry as a whole. Uh, Matt, uh, if people have more questions, uh, if they want to pick your brain a little bit more, uh, if they want to uh, maybe hire you for your digital marketing services, uh, tell us about the different ways that people can connect with you, Matt. Sure. Um, I mean, the easiest way is to email me, matt at upthinkisgood.com. Uh, otherwise, you know, Twitter at expatmatt. Um, I think I'm running out of my Facebook friend quota. I think they cap you at 2,000, so adding me there might not be the best spot. Um, like Twitter and email is the, is the easiest way to get me. Awesome. So make sure you subscribe to his blog. Uh, make sure you uh, join the Professional Travel Bloggers Association as well, uh, both uh, uh, through the website and also uh, on the Facebook group, uh, definitely a valuable resource. And uh, connect with him about his digital marketing agency as well. Uh, so thanks again for your time today, Matt. Yeah, my pleasure. It's nice talking to you. You as well. Uh, so as you can tell by this interview, uh, people like Matt who have been there from their very trenches, uh, in the beginning, they're always ready to will, uh, willing uh, to give back, uh, contribute, and make a difference. And uh, people are just starting this digital nomad lifestyle. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And you, too, can make your travel dreams come true. We'll catch you in the next episode.